You are listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Hello, everyone. It's Nathan Freeberg. Welcome back to the Leadership Vision Podcast. We have something a little bit different for you here today. Well, maybe it's not really that different, but we haven't done something like this for a while. And so, well, let me just set it up here quick. Okay, so Brian Schubring and I, he's our president and founder and CEO, he and I were doing some planning. We were just brainstorming, ideating, if you will, on different podcast ideas and topics and really kind of rethinking what should the podcast be? What sorts of things do we want to share with you, our audience and listeners? Do we want to share things we're learning with clients or things that we're studying, things that we're implementing, big picture strength stuff, more nitty gritty specific team stuff. And Brian sent me this gigantic list and we were going through all of these different topics and he just started going off on this one topic. And and it was around this idea of how leaders need to unlearn things and how we have these stereotypes that maybe set us in our ways or we put these stereotypes on other people's that set them in their way of the people that were leading. And so he was kind of going off on, I don't want to call it a rant because that sounds negative, but he was really on a roll. And so I was like, hey, let me hit record and it's on Zoom. So it wasn't the best uh, audio or video quality, but it still gets the job done. And so I want to share that with you all today. And he knew that I was recording him eventually, as you'll hear, Um, because I think it's really important. And what I want to challenge you with and what I want you to think about is what are the things that you've learned in your leadership journey? Be that, I don't know, a John Maxwell thing, a Jim Collins thing, a Warren Bennis thing, like whoever the leadership guru is, you know, Harvard Business Review articles, whatever that leadership thing is, what is something that you've you've known about your leadership, the leadership principle that you've been using for a long time? And of those things, what might need to change? Or what do you need to think about differently? There's a great book I read years ago called um, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And that's kind of the idea behind what Brian shares here. And so we're going to be expanding on this idea and others like it over the course of this fall and into uh, even next year. But I want to challenge you with this one idea here today. And so after you listen to it, think about what maybe your presuppositions or what things do you need to unlearn in your own leadership journey so that you can get to the next step in whatever that looks like. All right, here's Brian. Do you you remember what you just said? Um, What I just said, um, get me going, just remind me. We have this giant list of podcast topics and- Leadership development. If you wanna spend 20 to 25 minutes spending time to develop yourself as a leader, that's the target that we're going after because part of what we want to part of a, a leader's development lies in the undoing of the beliefs and the rules the values and the methods that have got them there there are many times when the methods of how we lead the values that we have and the rules we, that we lead by we outgrow them and many leaders don't give themselves the permission to outgrow something and move into something else you would never blame a child for outgrowing their clothes and leaders should have the same type of viewpoint of themselves and those that 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 we lead i think it would be criminal for me to expect you nathan 
to live by the rules that you were living by when you were in your early 30s. The methods of how you get things done, how you think and how you feel, that has to grow and develop. And part of what this list is talking about is undoing some of our leadership best practices to become even better. Part of breaking through to another level of performance as a leader is giving yourself the permission to break down some of the very steps that got you to where you are. And so I think that 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 permission giving is like, okay, I know that that got me there. Let's break that apart and allow us to go to somewhere else. I think part of what we're getting caught up in with our website is that we built the website with a mentality that unfortunately is eight months old and eight months old, maybe too old for us. We learn through the process and it's actually helped us get to the next thing. So to give us permission to let's reimagine into something, that's what I'm talking about with like this possible leadership um, series or how it is that we recraft part of this list and apply it to a leader or apply it to a, a team. What's interesting about what you're saying as related to the website is that I think, I think there's a lot of leaders, myself included, that you learn something you're like, oh, this works. Let's do this. Let's try this. It's been tested. You do it for a while. You have success with it, but then you forget not working anymore for me or times have changed or you forget have moved on you forget you, you forget what you forget because patterns become normalized and when behaviors become normalized they don't necessarily change they become more honed in on getting better at what you've always been doing if you want to achieve something different we have to undo some of those patterns loosen it up a little bit so we can expand our thinking I'm not asking for revolutionary transformational change overnight, but I'm asking for experimentation. I was meeting with an executive this morning. We met for an hour and a half. And part of what I did was I was agitating her thinking and breaking apart some of, some of the definitions that she brought. And when she said to me, executive presence, and I said, nope, I don't want to hear the word executive presence. Put it in your own words. Yeah. What does that, that mean? Put, um, let me show you. And I said, uh, please share with me what it is that you mean by that, because I want to hear your language around that because you're a leader, you're an executive. And she said this, that's easy. Own the room. I'm paying you to have executive level leadership. And so your executive presence, what does that look like to me? Just own the room. You don't have to own the whole room, just own your part of the room. And when she rephrased it, it became more personal to her. Mm -hmm. But what did she do? She allowed her framework, executive presence, we broke that apart. And what, is it, what does that exactly mean to you? That's just a tiny little example of awakening someone to a different level of reality or a different level of thinking based on something that they already know and that's familiar yeah. to them. Very matrix-esque What's in that. It? So what did, when, you, when you left that meeting with this executive, what is she uh, going to She asked for an hour or more on Friday. Well, that's good. But what is she going to like? Does she put something into practice because of that? Is she doing something? She's different? going to. Okay. Because what, what happened to her is she stuck. What she thought was that she had one issue with one person on a team of eight. Hmm. And the closer we got to this one person and the issue that that one person had with her, after three months of working with her, she realized that there were issues with everybody. It wasn't just one person. Uh -huh. FYI. We knew that from the beginning, but she didn't. Okay. Yeah. So what did that, that, that do? It caused her to remove herself from the immediate context of a one-to-one -one relationship and, and realize there's a bigger problem at hand. And then she practiced 
her executive intuition and said, I need to restructure and then tell the people, this is how you move into this new structure. And, and then what she's going to do is capitalize on our work on with each individual and move them into roles that are based mm-hmm. more upon who they are and how they show up. So what did she do? She gave herself permission to not just investigate or learn about one relationship. She then boomerang to, it's okay to change the structure. Like, what do I really need? Do you think a lot of leaders are afraid of doing things differently, changing the structure, changing their ideas or notions about leadership or how they understand themselves because they're just afraid? Yes. Everyone deals with fear. Everybody deals with fear, different layers of fear. Her fear is organizational failure. But when when we take the strengths language with, with this woman, she has activator and command. So what she's not afraid to do is she's not afraid to take action based on the intuition of how she believes things should be led. And she also has, amazingly so, the strength of a ranger. So she understands how an organization can be put together, how people can influence within an organizational structure, and then break it down even more on what each individual needs to do, because she also has the strength of her later. So the thing about her is that she has this like magicianship of being able to see all different levels, organizational, influential, experiential, and relational. She sees it all. Hmm. What she's willing to do is she's willing to mess it up because she understands timing. This is the time. But part of what our conversation was, it hinged on this. I said, do you understand that this is the moment? This is the moment of the next year. You are shaping the reality for the next year, which will then give you the opportunity to shape the experience of each individual on your team. She leaned back in her chair and then she leaned in the camera and she goes, you're right. How are we going to do it? What did this person initially come to you for? It started with this. She had an interpersonal conflict with one person on her team, and she felt like they were misunderstanding each other. That was the genesis. But she called you and said, I have, I'm having this issue. Help me with it. Yep. And then you're like, oh, actually, it's, it's all this other stuff. Linda and I said this. If you want us to understand the relationship between you, a chief officer, and an executive leader, we have to understand the context within which that conflict is happening. Right. If we understand that, because it's not about just the two of you, those kinds of conflicts are always about the culture. So give us the chance to understand the culture. We'll come in as a Trojan horse. We'll do some work with strengths. We'll have conversations. We'll do our work with teams. But underneath it all is this base beat of we're going to work with you and we're going to work with this executive leader. We're going to coach the two of you while investing in the teams. So the Trojan horse was we're going to invest in the team and work on the relationship together. So this whole Trojan horse was for one person, but it turns out it's the leader in everyone. Because we knew that if there's a challenge in the culture between one person and another, there's probably a challenge between yeah. all of them around the same mm-hmm. idea. But that's not exactly what happened. But this leader has the awareness to be able to pick up what each person was struggling with right. and how that struggle can contributed to some 
organizational chaos within their culture. And then she's addressing it. We were all surprised. Yeah. We didn't know it going in. This is going to happen. We had a hunch based on our experience, but we didn't know it was going to land where it landed. But the point of this whole thing is, is that this chief officer was willing to let go of some of the best practices that got her there to be open to a new interpretation of her leadership style of the team members and how she might go forward successfully. Yes. We were talking about this, which is why I hit record. I hope you know that you're being recorded. Um, oh, really? Still? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, but I, I wanted to record this because you're on a roll, but also that idea of unlearning things. I think we work so hard to learn things that we then, once we learn them, we're like, got it, check that off the list, move on to the next thing. But then maybe you have to go back and un unlearn that thing, right? Because we mentioned, and this is true to the, for this executive, we have to unlearn the successes that brought us to where we are. And we have to unlearn some of the stereotypes that keep us in power. Say that again. Unlearn the stereotypes have, that we, keep us we, in power. We have to un yep, we have to unlearn the steps that, that successfully brought us here, the successful steps. We hold on to those stories. Hmm. I'm saying there's a moment where we have to unlearn those because they may not work again. And we have to unlearn the stereotypes of others that keep us in a place of power. Oh that, that sounds like a a topic for another day. When we understand someone and stereotypes can be, listen, stereotypes can be both positive and negative. A stereotype can be both generative and degenerative. It can be both sides. It's, that's on a continuum. And that stereotype keeps us in power. I've seen many leaders that know how to generatively cultivate a relationship to get the greatest productivity out of someone. And Nathan, that can also become normalized. So that, that generative, like I'm empowering you to keep doing that, that may ceiling and cap that person's potential because we normalize it. Hmm. Stereotype is also around degenerative behaviors. That person is, that person always, well, they've never this. That also keeps us in power, but it also disempowers the other person to ever change. So breaking down stereotypes is extremely important. And this executive that I'm talking about, she is actively deconstructing stereotypes. Of course, after she says them, I can challenge it. She's like, okay, well, maybe that's true. Hmm. But she's open to it. Wow. That's, that's kind of key. A, yeah. That's key. Sort of a different take on leadership because normally with leadership, you acquire these skills. You add all these tools to your proverbial tool belt. And we think that we're set, but what you're, what you're advocating for here is kind of quite a bit different of why do great authors keep writing books? They yeah. keep learning stuff. When was the last time you met an author that said that book I wrote 10 years ago, it's embarrassing. I don't think the same way because they've grown. And I think that when you look at, oh my gosh, there's just so many examples. Elon Musk would not be where he's at. Not, he wasn't willing to break the rules. And those aren't just the rules, like technical rules, <laughs> but like <laughs> things that got him there. Think about yourself, Nathan. How many of the beliefs and values have you been wrestling with lately because they don't long they no longer serve you anymore? Right, right. And how much of my personal growth have you been aware of where I've allowed myself to say, well, what about that? Do I need to do that anymore? Mm -hmm. 
that has that belief, has that specific belief brought me to where it's brought me. And it's not bringing me anywhere else. Yeah. I was reading just this morning in Atlas of the Heart, we're talking about that earlier, this idea of cognitive dissonance and holding two seemingly contradictory ideas in your mind at once is is such a, yeah, two or more, is such a huge, uh, huge idea or concept when it comes to problem solving and creativity and working with others. Like you cannot be so black and white on really almost anything. And hosting a podcast because you do cognitive dissonance when you host a podcast with Brian and Linda. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) This is very true. Anyway, well, thank you for this preview of upcoming podcasts, Brian. I'm excited. We have a, this whole thing started, ladies and gentlemen, because we have a list of, I don't even know, 40, you should broadcast this. 50 different topics isn't quite right because it's mostly Brian's <laughs> notes, but we'll get them into topics and it's some really interesting, interesting stuff and different, a different take on strengths, a different take on leadership. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, you can click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And if you found value from this podcast episode or any of our other resource, please leave us a review in iTunes, on YouTube, share it with a friend, or just pass it along to someone that you think might benefit from this information. I'm Nathan Freeberg, and on behalf of Brian Schubring and our entire team, thanks for listening.